Amen. Um, there's, there's something about when you have been touched by grace that changes everything. That changes everything. We, we began uh, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, uh, talking about this woman who was caught in adultery. She was caught in the very act. And the Pharisees, the teachers of the law, bring this woman to Jesus. And they throw her in front of Jesus. And they say, Jesus, we believe in the Bible. We believe what the Bible says about people who are caught in this type of sin. It says a woman who is caught in adultery is to be stoned to death. What do you say, Jesus? And Jesus was kind of caught in a little bit of a, a three-way trap. If he said, stone her, it would, it would defeat his, his reputation as a friend of sinners. Amen? If he said, uh, yes, uh, uh, let her go, it would say that he was not a, a Bible-believing God. And then it would also trap him with the Roman officials who were in, in power at the time. Jesus Jesus is cool, man. I mean, when you read about Jesus, one of the first things you got to recognize is he's cool. He, he thinks before he acts. And, 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 and he already knows what's really going on. And so, so what he does in response is he, he stoops down and begins to write in the ground. And, and then he gets up again and he looks at those who are accusing this woman, condemning this woman, and says, let he who is without sin cast the first stone. Of all the people gathered there. He is the only one without sin, the only one qualified, the only one with authority to throw the stone. And what Jesus has done in that simple sentence is he's expanded the law and said, you suck, you suck, you suck, you suck, you deserve death, you deserve death, you deserve death. He gets back down, starts writing again, and from the oldest of them to the youngest of them, they walk away. Finally, it's just Jesus and the woman standing there and he says woman where are those who condemn you where are they and, and I, I could just imagine this woman is probably cowering getting ready to 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 face her death and her painful death and she, she probably just kind of lifted up her head a little bit and looked around and, and didn't see anyone and looked to the left and didn't see anyone turned around and, and no one's there so she says to Jesus there's no one Lord and Jesus responds and says neither do I condemn you? In, in, in that sentence, Jesus is, is basically breaking down the deep theology found in John 3, 17. For the Son of Man did not come to condemn the world, but to save the world. The, 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 the grave reality about you and I is that outside of God, we are doomed. But God. But God. Amen. God sends his Son not to condemn, but to, to set us free. And he says, neither do I condemn you. Go, you're, you're set free. Go and sin no more. Go, leave your life of sin. The, the, the thing about the gospel, the thing about the Bible is that the Bible is, is, is one of those uh, uh, pieces of literature that, that fully examines the, 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 the situation that mankind is in. There's no other book that will fully tell you why things are the way they are. If you look in Scripture, you'll discover that all have fallen short of the glory of God. You'll discover that there is none there's that, that is righteous. You'll discover that all men are dead in their trespasses. You'll discover that God is justified according to his holiness, according to his glory, according to his law. He is justified in condemning all people to doom. He's justified. If God came and showed up right now and said, you all are going to die, guess what? 
you'd say, praise the Lord, we deserve it. There's like three people in here saying, no. No. No way, she says. It's not going to happen. Our reality is that we're busted and disgusted, caught by sin and caught up in sin. They don't, there's nowhere in scripture where you'll discover that, that human beings are born neutral and then they're influenced by sin. I have a son. My son is amazing, man. I mean, I have, who have kids now because uh, it requires patience and learning so much about love. My son, my son is a sinner. I, I discovered this the other day. I was like, you are, you need, you need to get saved, boy. You got your good looks from me, but your badness, I think that's from your mom. <laughs> he looked up at me and said, uh-uh. We got this video. Can, can we play the video? Is it okay if I play the video real quick? I, I don't know if my son knows my name or knows my, my wife's name for that matter. But he does know the word no. Watch this. I found candy. It's mommy's stash. No, no. You see that smile? I'm just looking over. Ah, tricking you, daddy. I'm looking up here, but now watch what I'm going to do. I'm sneaky. No, no, no. Okay, I'll turn away from that. I, I don't want that temptation. I'm just going to touch it for a little bit. I'm just touching it, pulling it, not going in my mouth. Zion, no, no. I'm, Zion, no. Okay. I said no. Forget it. I spent like a, a good five minutes just watching him play with that thing and, and him responding to my no. He'd look, get close to it, I'd say no, and he'd turn away and, and smile at me. He knows the word no. I think that, that from early childhood, we, we, we are the first word that we really understand is no, but we, we go through life not really appreciating the word no. Text that we want to look at this morning says this Romans 8, verse 1. There is therefore now, everyone say now. No condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. This woman has been caught in adultery, caught by her sin. Jesus says, you can go now. You're, you're set free. I, I don't condemn you anymore. Your condemnation has, has ended right here. It's ended at the cross. Go and leave your life of sin. And, and she starts to walk. And if you ever have become a Christian for three minutes, you'll discover that, that, that you, you're on this high. You're like, oh, I've been saved. I've been set free. All this. And the first thought that comes to mind is what you did last night and who you did it with. 
The first thing the devil reminds you of, you can't be good enough to be accepted by God. I know your past. Don't you know how many times you did that thing? We know what you really think about. And you live in this place of condemnation where where, where you want to worship God, but, but you can't worship with integrity of knowing who you really are, knowing that this is not really you. You tell everybody else it's your second marriage, but they don't know that it's really your third. Come on, somebody. Everybody's been wondering, why does that, why do all your kids look alike, but this one just kind of has curlier hair than the others? Why is it that, 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 that you you, you've, 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 uh, are experiencing the consequences and living in the consequences of things that you did back in the day? And, and you, you want to live in the now of your salvation, but you're stuck in the past of where God found you. Imagine with me this woman living her life after Jesus has set her free, but still walking around like this. Why, why do you walk like that? Well, Jesus set me free, but any moment someone's going to throw a stone at me. Walking out in experience this way. The, the, the blessing of God is in the now. The healing is in the now. The, the, the joy is in the now. The life abundantly is in the now. God is waiting for you right here in your now, but you're still stuck over here with your head bent down saying, oh, God, you don't understand how bad I am and how I still think those thoughts and I've tried and I've tried. I've, I've memorized Proverbs and Psalms and I sing those songs and, and, and I still have temptation We live life navigating, walking in circles. My dad left me when I was young. All Belimas have been this way, and so therefore I can't, I can never become like that. You, you don't understand my situation, and, and, and God is over here in the now, and your reality and your perspective is still in the past. Your identity is based on what you see around you as opposed to the, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There is. That's a statement of reality. There is. It it doesn't say there was or they could be or they might be. It's a reality. There is now. No. I think you need to just kind of behave like, like Zion in the video. The moment you start going back to those thoughts, those, those ideas, those, those things, just kind of tell yourself, no. I, I was in a sales organization after high school, and my, my leader said this. He says, he said, your, your mind is like a dog looking for a place to pee. It's almost 20 years ago, but that thought has stuck with me. My mind and my emotions are like a dog looking for a spot to pee. Now, if any of you have ever owned a dog, you know what that's like. You're walking your dog, and and your dog gets to your favorite piece of furniture and kind of lifts its leg, you know? And you're like, no, don't pee there. 
You're, your, you're walking past your neighbor's lawn, and your dog wants to go there and mark territory, and you just grab, you tug at the, at the, at the, um, uh, the leash, and you're like, no, you can't pee there. You need to do the same thing spiritually with your mind. Whenever you want to go back to places of condemnation, no, you can't pee there anymore. Does that preach to you? If you can't say amen, say gross. There's therefore now no. No means it's completely finally over. The reality of being a believer in Christ means that that the condemnation is, is no longer valid for you past, present, and future. It is no with finality. It's not one of these things where, where I'm good, I'm in good standing, I'm in good standing, and oh, I messed up on Tuesday, gotta go back to church and repent and get back in good, God's good graces. The reality of being a believer is, is once you're his, you're his. There is, therefore, because the thing about now, I don't know if this is proper English, best a teacher, you can correct me later, um, uh, art teacher. Okay, so maybe we talk the same way then. Uh, the thing about the way this text is written, there is therefore now no condemnation. Now is now on Tuesday. Now is now on Wednesday. Yesterday I was still living in the therefore there is now no condemnation. I can mess up, jack up, just completely just Beyond all recognition. Y'all know what I mean. And I'm still in the now. My reality and my, my position is in the now, Dante. D- don't you know that if God knows the future, if he was me, I'd have chose people differently. Huh. Let's see. David. Oh, he's going to have a rough season in his life. I'll pick someone else. Scott. Hmm. Heath, I don't know. But he will meet Melanie, and that might redeem things. No. If I was God and could read the future, I'd play a game of duck, duck, damn. we all are going to it, the Bible's clear if there's anyone who says that they, they don't sin they lie it's inevitable to screw it up it's inevitable to have an experience where you completely don't look the part act the part smell the part think the part but what you need to understand is the position of the now no condemnation because I am in Christ Jesus complete cessation of with the past no condemnation no back and forth I can never ever again be be, be judged again for my sin. Don't you know that if, 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 you get tr- if something gets tried in the Supreme Court, the lower courts cannot reverse what was tried in the Supreme Courts? If, if the God of the universe has taken your case, Matthew, examined it, and then looked at Jesus and said, you know what, Matthew? We've remu- removed you from the crime scene. You're not guilty. Y'all got to feel me. Somebody knows what I'm talking about.
your situation is that the verdict and the penalty for the verdict has been removed. It's been expunged from your record. My son, I, my, I, my son has pooped on me. He's peed on me. He's spat on me. He's drooled on me. He threw up on me yesterday. Yep. On my hat. Actually, not even my hat. My brother-in-law's hat. So I was kind of like, praise the Lord, it's not mine. I didn't pay for it. But the thing about the fact that he's my son is that I don't pay attention to his stumbles. I celebrate his victory. The law pays attention to your stumbles. I I, I love police officers. Uh, The ones that I've met are awesome gentlemen and and, and ladies. But the thing is that ever since I I, I grew up uh, during the gangster rap era, NWA has kind of filtered the way I view police. And and so uh, when they came out with that album, For Life, can't say it in church, but... um, or straight out of Compton, it was yeah, straight out. Of Compton. They had a song on there that kind of you know, um, and, and so th- that's just my childhood. And so because of of, of Ice T, Cop Killer, and all these other guys, I, I just have this certain perspective whenever I see a police officer driving next to me. So what, what will happen? Or Cell can appreciate this: is that when when I'm driving and a cop is going 65 miles per hour and the speed limit is 70, guess what? I'm driving 60. So one day I'm driving and, and I'm going, he's going 65. I, I, I dialed it down to 60 and then he slowed down, started going 60. I started going 55. He gets down to 55, I go down to 50. Finally, we're just at a standstill on the freeway, we're looking at each other. Cobb looks at me and says, I said, okay, I just got out of the car and got in the back seat. Like, oh, I needed a ride anyway. My police officer friends have told me that, that if they follow an individual long enough, you will break a law that will justify them pulling you over. Because that's what the law does. That's what the law, the law will always find a mistake. But when you're in this position of being in Christ, what it means when it says there is therefore now no condemnation, Jesus looks at you and doesn't count your trespasses, but only looks at your success. Every good step is celebrated. Your stumbles are removed from your record. That's the gospel. No perfect people allowed simply means this. I'm not looking at your backstory to judge your backstory or your current story or your future screw-up. I'm just looking at you and saying the same door that I walked in is the same door you come in to through. There is therefore now no condemnation, no punishment, no future punishment. When you believe in Christ, you step out of judgment, out of death, and into life. Your eternal life with God begins the moment you said, yes, Lord. No condemnation for those who are in Christ. Uh, See, the thing is this, is that there's a difference between position and experience. And the sad thing, my brothers and sisters, is that we often live life and, and are tossed to and fro emotionally based on our experience. We, we often want to experience God based on how we feel. I'm not going to worship because I'm not feeling it today. I, I don't think I'm, I'm in, in a good place right now. But the thing about this text is that don't walk with God based on your experience. Operate from position. 
Let your position inform your experience. Let your position inform your standing. It says that your position is that you're not with Christ or around Christ, but you're hidden in Christ. You've been crucified with Christ. You live in Christ. It's all about Jesus. See, it's a profound mystery, one that will probably, in in 2028, I'll probably preach it completely different because every day, this idea of being in Christ changes me. What it means is that when, when, when something good happens through me, it wasn't me. Oh, come on, we're going all 90s. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. But the Christ living in me. It wasn't me. If I mess it up, guess what? I'm hidden in Christ. (laughs) Isn't that good news? I'm in Christ. That's the position. See, the thing is that when you're operating from experience, what you'll discover is that a prince can live as a pauper based on experience. But if he only gets to the place where he understands his position in the kingdom as a prince, it can change his experience. You can walk differently if you start filtering your life in God, not based on your screw-ups of your past or currently or the future, but understanding I am in Christ. No longer I who lives, but he. A profound mystery that scripture tells us is that right now, if you've placed faith in Christ, you reign with him. Yes, I know you live in Colton, but your reality, that, that Colton is your experience, but your position is that Christ has scooted over on his throne and you're sitting next to him. That's what it means to be co-heirs with Christ. I was having a conversation uh, Thursday night with some friends, and the conversation went to, uh, identity and cultural identity and, and history and, and all the things that have been done to the Jews, the six million Jews who were, who were killed during the Holocaust. And what does that mean to be Jewish now? What does it mean to be a, a, an African-American after the transatlantic uh, slave trade? What does it mean to be a transgender individual today? What does that really mean? It's a question of identity. We want to look at our history, look at our family line and base who we are on our fleshly identity. But the text tells us we are not our past we are where we are now in Christ Jesus I think that we we need to start a new class called the now class forget history history may may, may give you inform you of your intellectual and your physiology and all those things but 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 when you're in Christ you're a new creation and that changes everything For everyone. Your identity is now hidden in him. Is that good news or what? Your identity is now hidden in him. Now here's the thing about this text that you also must understand. There's no condemnation. However, God is a good dad. He's not like your dad who lets you just kind of run, a, run amok in the house. Man, I was, I was talking to a pastor friend of mine. He said he had some people over at his church and in the green room. This, this pre- guest preacher had his entire family. He says his green room was tore apart. 
you ever been in that situation where, where you're like, you know, looking at other people's kids and you're just like, uh, and, and the, the, the parent is like, don't do that, Danny. And then they keep on talking to you, but the kid's still doing it. And you're just kind of like, what kind of, just, just, you know, let me get my belt off. Let me just help you out, brother. But you have to be politically correct. <laughs> He's so cute. <laughs> I want to kill you. <laughs> I don't even know where I was going with that. <laughs> and now in Christ, Watchman Nee, one of the great Christians of recent history, had a disciple come up to him and say, sir, I, I just don't feel as if I'm saved. I, I ask for forgiveness, but then I go back and do the same old crap. I don't think I'm really saved. And, and Watchman Nee said, listen, I, I have a dog. The dog is housebroken. It obeys my command. It will bark when there's an intruder coming. And stay quiet when I need it to be quiet. It's a good dog. But I also have a, a young son in the other room. And, and he's a mess. He, he, he leaves his room dirty. He, he's thrown up on me. He's pooped on me. He's peed on. He's done all kinds of stuff. But the reality is that because of his position and the dog's position, when I die, my son gets the inheritance. My dog gets nothing. You're not a dog. You've been adopted as a son. You're in Christ. Every blessing, every spiritual richness that he can give belongs to you now. Let go of the past. Understand that positionally, you're current, you will screw up. But now, there is no condemnation. In the future, you will mess it up. There is therefore now no condemnation. God is not looking at your stumbles. He's looking at the great steps you're making. Amen? Everyone from the greatest in the kingdom to the least in the kingdom. I think that we would walk differently. And pay attention differently. And worship differently. And love each other differently. If we only can grab a hold of this message. Some of you are coming from churches where you've been beat up, man. I mean beat up. And you came here and, you, and, and you're probably kind of like waiting for the other shoe to drop. Wait till they discover We have a no makeup policy here. We don't need your foundation and your cover up. Because your backstory finds a common ground with my backstory. Jesus paid it all. <clears throat> it's it's all too real. I I I posted on my social media page yesterday that that I've really tried to be a good Christian and failed miserably at it 
but I found joy and rest when I discovered that I'm in Christ. It's just it's like you can kind of breathe a little bit. You can, you can like, you know, stop sucking your stomach in, trying to look perfect. <sighs> when I was in college, I, well, let me, before I go there, I, my wife and I have been married for five years, and for five years, uh, the early years, everyone would come up to us and say, so when are you guys going to have kids? Like the minute after we said, I do. When are the kids coming? And I was like, yo, I'm going to try tonight. I'm going to keep trying. Because trying is biblical when you're in the context of marriage. Praise the Lord. Try. And if you don't succeed, try again. And keep trying. Blessed are those who are trying. Blessed are those who are going to go home today and try with their spouse. Blessed are those who look forward to being able to try. Glory to God. But, but we, we, we went through this process where, where after a year and a half of being married, we're like, okay, maybe we should start really, really trying instead of just practicing it. And so we started trying and... and um, Nothing was happening. And I said, baby, you need to go get checked out because I know I'm good. <laughs> so she went, got checked out. It says, oh, you're, you're completely healthy. Everything is fine. And, and so all of a sudden, the, the, the enemy reminded me of my past. You see, when I was in college, I got my girlfriend pregnant, and she had an abortion. So here I am, many years later, married, a pastor, believing in grace, preaching grace, trusting in God, telling other people the good news that your past is your past. And I started thinking, the reason why this isn't working it's because God is finally getting me back for murdering the child he gave me, for valuing my convenience over what he has given as a gift. I've, I've never told anyone this, never told Pauline, but, but for months and, and really over a year, I just walked in condemnation. The reason why we're proud, I was, I was resolved that we were not going to have kids. I believe that we were, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And so when Pauline told me that day, she came to me after work. And she, she gave me a gift. And, and in, the, in the little gift bag, there was a little teddy bear. And I was like, baby, why are you giving me this? What kind of dumb gift is this? So I said, thank you. She said, read the card. And, and I read the card. She said, she, we're pregnant. I fell to my knees and I I cried, and I cried, and I cried. I had literally began to believe that I was living in judgment based on what I had done. And I had to confess to God, God, I, I, I think of it, I study it, I preach it. But sometimes I reject it in my heart. And instead of being in the now, I'm stuck in the past. Instead of living in position, 
I'm allowing my experience of my past and my current thought life, yes, current thought life, to affect how I experience God. If you're a believer, I want you to know one thing today. There is, therefore, now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. If you have yet to trust Jesus, I want you to know that once you say yes to Christ, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved me, blessed me with this eternal inheritance. I can see you now, God, because of what you've done. Let us worship him.